Welcome to Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy, and you can always reach me at all of my socials at Chef Bry Comedy or simply by searching Surviving Empathy Podcast on Google or on any podcast site whatsoever. And today, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I missed you guys, so I've got a lot of catching up to do. I just got back from two months of hiatus. Uh, we went on vacation. We had some nice food. We met with friends and so i'm gonna catch you guys up on what we went through and what we did and all the different things that we explored uh and then uh i actually have some real substantive stuff for you i have some mini topics that i want to address with you guys uh, and then finally i'm going to kind of tell you what season two is going to be all about um i am here for you guys uh, i'm here to talk about the paranormal and to be a researcher and to explore all that stuff here is an empath and guide. I want to help sensitives and sensitive people and empaths to uh, learn how to traverse this world in a way uh, that, you know, makes your life uh, more robust and healthy. Um, we're living in uh, different times, you guys, and so we've got to empower ourselves every way we can. And so that's what I got in store for you guys today. I missed you guys. It's so darn good to be back and uh, I've got uh, nothing but excitement and joy to be back to serve you. Um, I think you guys are going to like what uh, this season has for you guys. So uh, strap in. This is kind of a Halloween edition. Uh, it's, it's literally Halloween day, but uh, by the time you hear it, it'll be probably uh, November 1st or 2nd. But that's okay. That's okay. You know, Halloween's year-round, baby. Halloween for us is a lifestyle, so I, I don't know about you guys, but anyways, strap in, grab a beverage, and let's get started. Well, hello guys, welcome back, welcome back to the show, this is another season two premiere of Surviving Empathy, and I am your host, Brian Russell, and as usual, you can always reach me on all of my social medias at Chef Bry Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, this is the season two opener. I've been off for a couple of months. And uh, yeah, I just, I've missed you guys. I've missed doing this. I've missed being a part of things. You know, the truth is, is that when you're an up and comer, um, when you go on a hiatus, man, you go into, <laughs> you go, you go dark, you go radio silent, man. And uh, you wouldn't think they're, uh, you know, you would think there would be more people uh, coming out of the woodwork to greet you when you get off the, when you take your cans off and you go to do regular, regular life. But the truth is, is everybody's so darn busy nowadays that, you know, you, you, you get done, you wrap your show and then uh, basically uh, nobody's there. You're like, Oh, you start having to reach out to people. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, people are busy these days and, uh, Today is a special Halloween edition of Surviving Empathy. Um, happy belated uh, Halloween to you guys. I, I hope you guys had fun. I hope nobody's suffering too big of hangovers. Um, yeah, I just wanted this episode to be sort of like a catch-up episode, you know, um, you know, kind of kind of give you guys a, an update on what I've been doing for the past couple of months while I've been off and, uh, you know, just wrap things up and uh, kind of welcome you guys back to the empath tribe. You know, uh, <clears throat> as you guys know, this this whole podcast 
is really about, uh, you know, embracing our more sensitive and evolved sensibilities and uh, just, you know, giving people who are having a tough time uh, somewhere to go to sort of um, lay their uh, weary uh, head on my shoulder. You know, um, I'm not a perfect person, but... um, I struggle with depression and anxiety and a little bit of PTSD and we all have bad days and we all are kind of struggling these days. And so I am here to tackle uh, the world in a way that uh, processes our grief and processes our frustration, but in a way that's sort of positive and healthy. Um, but the truth is, is that, you know, uh, that that hyper positivity out in the world when you're going through it can really start to uh, get on your nerves. You know, you start to feel like the world is just so darn happy and everybody's so darn young and healthy and fit. And here you're feeling like you're getting older. You feel like you're, uh, you know, having bad days and, and you can't seem to pull yourself out. And, you know, and, and so you start to feel bad. You start to feel, I don't want to say jealous, but you just start to feel like, God, is it just me? But no, you guys, it's not just you. We all are kind of going through it. And that's the thing about life in general is that we are all kind of uh, just sort of barely hanging on and and pretending that we're fine, you know. Um, But there are ways, you know, techniques that I've learned through uh, the years that have kind of helped me understand uh, reality uh, help me understand where my happiness lies, help me understand where my comforts are and help me sort of battle, uh, those impending thoughts of doom and gloom. Um, you know, we all get them, you know, and what a perfect time to talk about darkness and doom and gloom on Halloween, right? Uh, well for you guys, it's the day after Halloween, but I tend to think, you know, Rebecca and I, we celebrate Halloween year round, you know, um, not literally, you know, we're not dressing up every day, but we still celebrate the, the spirit of Halloween. And, you know, and some people might think that's immature or some people might think that's silly. But the truth is, is that you guys, you know, once you find your life partner, um, you know, instead of letting yourself go and, <laughs> you know, it's okay to put on a couple pounds and all that, but, but to let yourself completely go, no, we're, you know, we have to find new things that make us excited for life. We have to find new ways to recycle uh, sort of the old clutter in our brains because it get, it all starts accumulating in the attic, so to speak, and, and cobwebs and spiders start, you know, making their home inside our brain. And all of our thoughts, they, they come back to haunt us, you know. Uh, I like the fact that I'm going on a Halloween theme here. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to kind of... Um, uh, let you guys know what's been going on for the past couple of months and what we've been doing. Um, so we, you know, first things first, you know, you guys know that last season I was having a lot of trouble with uh, my computer. Um, there was a clicking sound that I couldn't identify and get rid of. And so I finally talked Dell into um, replacing the computer with a different one. Um, and, uh, no, I am not on the new computer. So if this sounds good, it's only because I'm using my old computer, but, um, yeah. So Dell, God, these guys are something else, you know, they're, they're very, they're very nice to you and very polite while they fuck you, (laughs) you know, and I don't mean to talk trash, you know, because Dell puts out good products, but, um, it's just that, uh, 
corporations are getting way too big to be able to be personal and handle your business correctly. And so the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And so at the end of the day, you know, it just it becomes chaos. So what happened was, is uh, I ordered a, a, a computer to replace the one that I had because there was something going on with the processor, we think, uh, because that's what was causing the audio issues. And so they ordered it. And uh, they were, they told me, you know, it's going to be about a month and then a month came and uh, nothing happened. Uh, They didn't even contact me. And then they finally contacted me. Well, actually I contacted them and they were like, oh, well, it seems like uh, we were missing a part for that uh, computer. And so we put it back in the system for production again. I'm like, "Uh, okay. I, I assumed they knew what they were doing. You know, I assumed they were like, oh, we, well, we found the part and blah, blah, blah. But no, that's not what happened. Another one month went by. Uh, and, uh, literally, uh, the day that it was supposed to be here, I called them. I'm like, uh, so what's the deal you guys? And so, uh, long story short, I had to contact uh, multiple supervisors. I had to get on them. Um, I had to lose my cool even a little bit. And you know, me, you guys, you know, I get frustrated sometimes, but I, I try very hard to be, you know, a, a, a positive and, uh, polite and kind force in this world. Um, but sometimes, you know, it just gets really hard when you're dealing with people that literally don't care, you know? And so you kind of force them, Hey, can you just please maybe pay attention this time, uh, to what's going on? But, um, but long story short, uh, what happened was, is they put it into uh, production twice and both times it got rejected and then come to find out, the uh, guy who finally took my case and uh, took the, my case and put it under his wing to handle personally was like, you know, he you could tell he was talking to me. He was mad. He was mad at the people who had mishandled my case because nobody really reached out to me when things were going wrong. Uh, nothing was getting done correctly. It's almost like I literally fell through the cracks and they didn't know what was going on. And so finally I found out that. Uh, my computer being made, the reason why it wasn't getting made is because it was an older model that was no longer uh, being produced anymore. So <clears throat> they uh, gave me the option of getting a new computer. And so I have a new computer on its way. It's supposed to be here uh, late November. So in the meantime, thankfully, I kept my old computer uh, because if not, uh, we would be on hiatus until December. So uh, so. Fortunately, I got everything worked out, but it was a catastrophe. It was the worst customer experience I've ever had. And while they were all very nice and polite, um, you just start to sense the lacking in uh, control, the lacking of um, know-how. They just don't know what they're fucking doing over there. And um, and, and, and they think an apology is, is akin to making things right. And it's not, you know, uh, they, they don't they don't know how to handle people and they don't know how to treat people. And I guess that's just the world anymore. You know, that's why I'm working on a book called, um, the world is a sociopath because the truth of the matter is that life can feel very transactional and it can feel very impersonal. And so I'm trying very, very hard to, uh, not be just another, uh, YouTuber or podcaster who comes out here and, tries to sugarcoat everything. I try to give it to you guys straight, man, because a part of being kind and a part of being good to my audience is about being emotionally available and honest. 
just be honest, you know, because we, we tend in our society to back up and recoil from reality, you know, oh, we, we can't say that, we can't do that, we can't think those thoughts, um, but that's bullshit, you know, because we all suffer from the human condition and how we decide to process those thoughts and feelings is <clears throat> what separates uh, the men from the boys, so to speak, you know, we have to process our feelings in a way that's uh, real and honest and allows us catharsis so we can move forward, you know, and that's what it's all about. But um, getting back to uh, my story. Uh, so we had a great time. Uh, the computer's on its way. It's a Dell XPS. Uh, they did a couple upgrades. I'll be getting 11th gen hardware instead of 10th gen. So that should uh, really increase the likelihood of things working in my favor and uh, having uh, good editing uh, software and, and having good graphics and things so that it'll be able to handle all of the, the, the various things that I have to do with it. But anyway, getting back to uh, my story, today is Halloween. Uh, my beautiful wife, she dressed as kind of a cute uh, Jack Skellington. You guys might have noticed that on Instagram. <clears throat> she looks so adorable, you guys. She's got the little puffy dress with the black sort of jacket with the tail. And then she painted her face like Jack Skellington. And it's got a little Jack Skellington um, uh, bow tie. It is so adorable, you guys. My wife, she's she's cute as a button. But anyway, <clears throat> today is Halloween. And uh, I got a little bit of Halloween royalty-free music in the background. And I hope it's not obscuring the sound too much. I, I imagine it's ambient music. And I hope it's not... Uh, uh, getting in the way of of, of hearing me, uh, <clears throat> we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> but you guys, I am so glad to be back because the truth of the matter is that two months was too long. Uh, it was about a month too long. You know, I think from now on, uh, my hiatuses are probably only going to be a month, maybe a month and a half long. Two months is too long. Um, but we had a good time. You know, a lot of it... Uh, there's just not much I could have done in terms of my work because I do have a laptop, but I, I, I wasn't uh, thrilled to have to use my laptop <clears throat> for my work. And so I didn't get as much work as I wanted done, but uh, I worked a little bit on my comedy and I worked a little bit on things. And then um, the good news is, is I have um, a couple of podcasts I'm going to be on. Uh, I did a podcast, as you guys know, with Keith Burr uh, at the very end of the season there that I posted for you guys. <clears throat> and he's a really fun guy. And then there's a couple more podcasts I'm going to be on. Uh, there's a podcast called Another Thing with Dave. Uh, we're just working out the details, and I'll be inter uh, he'll be interviewing me on his show uh, here in the coming weeks, I would imagine. And then I'm doing another podcast called Above the Bar Podcast. Uh, that's going to be in January. Uh, both nice guys, you know. I've I've really been trying to network. Um, you know, as an empath, as a kind of a, a more, I don't want to say shy because I'm not shy, but I'm just kind of one of those people that I let people come to me. I'm not a great networker. I don't go out of my way to get in everybody's face. And maybe that's why my growth is stalling. Uh, but I just don't feel like those people out there. I just don't go out into the world and be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm a very mild mannered, um, you know, just um pragmatic and sensible guy um, who just kind of uh, who's mellow. You know, I, I want a comfortable and peaceful life. And so 
I really don't uh, try to get all up in people's business. I really try to uh, avoid going uh, too far out there because, you know, truthfully, as an empath, um, it just gets so easy. You know, that's the thing I've learned is that when I was doing the show last season, talking about being an empath all the time, constantly being out there, um, it really spreads out your feelers. Your feelers get long and your feelers get wide. And uh, as an empath, it really makes you more susceptible to um, feeling more things than you really want or expected. And so at the end of the day, um, I really have to learn as an empath. And that's some of the things I'm going to teach you guys is as an empath, um, just talking about being an empath can uh, overwhelm your senses because you're making yourself hyper aware of your senses. And so sometimes it's good, like on this vacation, to simply keep your uh, energy small, you know, don't spread out too much. Don't put your antenna out there. Kind of keep yourself mellow and, and in a small environment. Keep your circle small and keep your um, energy small so that you're not uh, spreading yourself out with too much information because it's so easy to get, you know, all into politics and get all into society and get all into the dysfunction and get all into the madness out there. And so really the last two months was magical because I just kept my life very quiet. But the downside of a quiet existence is that sometimes you start to feel like people don't love you. People don't care. They're not coming around saying hello. And I think a lot of that has to do with just people being busy nowadays. And I think it also has a lot to do with, um, Uh, The algorithm on on Facebook, uh, people just don't see each other as much anymore. I'll I'll type a bunch of stuff and get nothing all day. And then two or three days later, everybody answers at once. It's almost like it puts you in a queue. And then eventually when uh, (laughs) when it's free, it it blasts everything out there onto the onto the platform there. And I I really, truly believe that uh, when you rely on social media and when you rely on uh society to sort of work and function correctly, uh, you're always going to set yourself up for failure because the truth is, is that life is a fiasco out there, you guys. And, and so that's what, you know, this show is all about. It's about our mental health. It's about the paranormal. Of course, it's about, uh, being an empath or being more sensitive. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself an empath or not. It's really just about getting yourself into a place where you feel like you're living a more robust life. It's not about image or ego. It's about putting yourself in a good place mentally and uh, learning and growing and becoming um, just comfortable and happy in your own skin. That's what it's all about, you know? Um, But anyways, yeah, we went on vacation. Uh, We went, we were down on the central coast of California. It's, It's called San Luis Obispo or San Luis Obispo County, and that includes Arroyo Grande, Pismo Beach, Los Osos, Morro Bay. Hi, guys. We uh, we had such a great time, and we miss you, um, but we had a good time. But, it, you know, it was a real low-key vacation um, uh, for openers. We had, we flew down there. Uh, usually, we end up – we took the train once, and it took 22 hours, and it killed us because you can't sleep – very well on those trains, especially if you don't have a sleeper car. And so with 22 hours, man, we felt like zombies for the first two days because we didn't sleep good on the train because the 
the noises and the doors clicketing, clacketing all the time. And so uh, it got really hard to sleep on the train. And so uh, the other time we went, we we flew, but we flew to L.A. And then we had to pick up a, a rental car and drive up uh, three hours or three and a half hours. And that was a chore, too. And so the beauty is, is that now that the world's getting a little bigger, uh, Alaska Airlines has direct flights from Portland down to San Luis Obispo. And so we were able to catch a direct flight there and back. Well, on the way back, we had to stop in Seattle, but just a quick layover. It was nothing. And then our second flight was literally 54 minutes or something like that. So it was pretty mellow. But, and this is going to sound funny coming from a veteran, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm an airborne veteran, but uh, I can't stand flying, you guys. It makes me so nervous. You know, if they gave me like a, if they gave me, um, cause they give you that flotate, you can use your seat as a flotation device. It's like, oh, right. Yeah. Right. Like George Carlin said, I'll be cling, I'll be in the Pacific ocean clinging to a seat full of beer farts, you know, but, um, that doesn't make me feel too good. But if they gave me a parachute, Hey, now it's more like it, you know, because the truth is, is that I think what I get nervous about most in life is the fact of not having control. Not having control. When when I don't have control, it's like I could be driving with other people. I don't have control. When I have to rely on, uh, in politics, when I have to rely on other people to make the right decisions, that makes me nervous. When I have to fly and I'm putting my life in somebody else's hands, that makes me nervous. And you might be the same way. But the good news is, is that uh, a couple shots of whiskey <laughs> works better than Xanax. That's for sure. Uh, I learned last time that uh, this uh, Woodford Reserve, and I'm not affiliated, but Woodford Reserve whiskey is the bomb, you guys. It's so smooth, go, and it feels so warm and good. And so I had a couple shots of Woodford Reserve, and uh, it works better than Xanax, you guys. And so I just have a couple drinks, and I let Rebecca drive when we get there. And so, yeah, we had a great flight, though. Everything worked out perfect. The whole trip was great. Uh, we got there. Uh, we got to our Airbnb, which is in Arroyo Grande. Uh, we were able to see Old Town Arroyo Grande a lot. Uh, we we met with friends. We went out to dinner, um, but we didn't do anything fancy. Like we didn't go out to fancy dinners. Uh, we tried to go to the beach, but then they wanted to pay us to pay for parking. And we lived there. We grew up there, and it's turning in, kind of into a tourist trap. And so we're like, ah, screw that. I'm not paying seven dollars to take a picture with the Pismo beach sign, you know? So we, um, we just kind of take, took a quick look. Um, and the truth is, is like, we could have done so much more, you know, it felt kind of dull really, but we were still going every day, waking up every day, seeing this friend, seeing that friend, a lot of coffee with friends. And, um, that's really what it was about, you know, because we grew up there. And so, you know, we don't need uh, zip lining adventures. We don't need rock climbing. We don't need horseback riding or jet skiing, all that. We just, we just went down to see our friends and that's what we did. You know, we hung out with my f best friend, Craig. Uh, he, he's a conservative. And so we completely avoided that subject, but we had a great time. We, uh, it was a Saturday and we went there all day long and he cooked a bunch of, uh, tri-tips and a brisket and uh garlic bread and uh and he's one of those guys that does it like he visits texas to do to, to to sample their food and then he recreates it so he's really really into it and uh so it was absolutely absurdly good 
Um, you know, he did a smoked mac and cheese. He did a even went so far as to um, just like Texas style. He made the banana pudding for dessert. It was delicious. Everything was great. And then his wife made this garlic bread that was made from like roasted garlic and it was smeared on the top boy with, with Parmesan cheese and everything. Oh, it was so good. But, uh, I digress. Um, we just had a great time. It was all about friends. Um, I really, 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 really miss my friends down there. And I, I really wish that I could live down there still. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's just getting so expensive, you know, um, we, we visited with a friend of ours, Joanna, uh, she's getting a divorce and she's got two kids and, uh, her, one of her kids has anxiety. And so she had a, you know, she's trying really hard to make it there, uh, on a single income. And, you know, she is the best and nicest person you could ever meet. And we love her dearly, Joanna. I hope you're listening, but, um, She's such a good gal. And I even made a point when Rebecca went to the bathroom to say, you know, we just want you to know that, you know, I want you to know that we absolutely adore you. You are one of the most positive and uh, just kindest people. You know, there's just a few people in this world that are completely pure of heart and they're the good ones. My wife is one of them. And those people make the world go round, just like moms make the world go round. Uh, good, pure souls make the world go round and, and just good energy, good vibes. Um, it's just, there are people out there that have no agendas and those are the best people in the world. And so, um, I told her how I felt and she was like, Oh, thanks. You know, but she's, uh, struggling, uh, you know, financially there because her husband is living out in, you know, uh, we call it the armpit of California, the, Bakersfield, Fresno area. Um, and she's living here on the good old central coast with her two kids. And of course, when her oldest has anxiety problems and anxiety disorder. And, uh, I, today I saw them all dressed up for Halloween. Uh, the young one was in one of those, um, what do you call it? The, uh, uh, you know, the plague doctor, plague doctor outfit. Oh, so good. He looked so good. And then the older son was dr- uh, dressed as, uh, Jason Voorhees, full-on hockey mask and machete. They looked fantastic. But um, they, you know, they're good people. And, you know, she's dealing with her son having, you know, some some anxiety problems and whatnot. And so, you know, I, I kind of gave her my, my advice for what it's worth and uh, because I deal with anxiety myself. And that's the thing, you know, anxiety can really take over your life. Um, these impending thoughts, you know, when I was flying, I... I just had visions and, you know, little flashes of images of plane crashes and all that. And, and I can't help it. They just enter your mind. It's kind of like uh, Ghostbusters with Dan Aykroyd. It was like, I can't help it. It just popped in there. You know, we used to roast marshmallows at Ca- uh, Lake Wakanda. You know, uh, what did you do, Ray? You know, and the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man shows up. But um, that's kind of what happens to me is I have a lot of weird things that just pop in there, you know, and I call those impending thoughts of doom. And so I'm, I'm struggling to, to handle that because whether we like it or not, you know, the world is a weird and dark place and our, our brain is trying to make sense of it all. And so it's just really hard, you know? And so I, I kind of gave Joanna my, my two cents on what I go through and how, what works for me. Um, But it was so good to see everybody. Uh, It was just so, nice uh sunday uh saturday we saw craig 
And then Sunday, we hung out all day long with my friend James Buxton. And uh, we went, he wanted to do uh, kind of a taco tour. So we went to all these little taco stands and we ended up only going to one, but we were going to tour a bunch, but that's okay. We had tons of Mexican food while we were there. But, um, but, but we went to this one place that does this really kick-ass beef al pastor and it was kick ass. And they do this like cheesy tortilla thing. It was divine. And this like adobo sauce on top. It was so good. But anyway, um, we just had a great time, you know, um, these days I don't need a lot of uh, excitement and adventure. You know, maybe you're younger and you're just going into college or maybe, maybe you, you know, you're like Joanna, maybe you're uh, divorcing from a person who, um, or, or separating from a person who sort of controlled you most of your life. And maybe you're just now coming out of your shell. You know, Rebecca was that way. She, she was very shy, you know, morbidly shy back in the day. And now she's really, truly coming out of her shell. And so when people think we're being immature for embracing our fun side, our dark side, our spooky side and all that, it's like, you don't know what we go through. You know, I have some PTSD, I have depression and anxiety. And so whatever works, you guys, if it ain't hurting anyone, I say go for it. Um, You know, I wear a lot of horror t-shirts. I, you know, Rebecca wears a lot of spooky makeup and she'll wear spiders and ghosts and shit on her uh, earrings and jewelry and stuff. And it's just fun. It's just fun. Um, But we had a great time. It was wonderful. Um, We were gone for, I think, 12 days. The Airbnb uh, was really beautiful, just nicely done. It was it was a a room in a in a shared quarters. There was it was a house. The woman does a great job. She's considered a super host, and so everything was super clean. And there's a refrigerator and a ceiling fan, and uh, you got your own private bathroom. And uh, it really was just a room off the garage, but done in a way that's super gorgeous. And you uh, it had a TV that didn't have cable. But it had a smart TV where you could cast any of your own stuff to the TV. And so it felt like home, man. It really did. But I wanted to tell you guys the spooky part of our vacation. Um, So if you don't know, uh, back in the 90s, there was a murder. Let me find it here. Um, But there was a murder um, back in the 90s of a woman. Well, alleged murder. There was a disappearance of a woman named Kristen Smart. And you might have heard of her on a lot of the shows. Uh, they just did a show on um, a Dateline two nights ago, or was it yesterday? A couple days ago, Dateline did an update on it. Um, <clears throat> if you're interested in it, um, <clears throat> there's a podcast. Uh, it's called, uh, where is it? Where is it? Your Own Backyard Podcast. Your Own Backyard Podcast. But anyways, this guy does excellent work, and uh, there's a lot of new breakthroughs in the case. So what happened was, is years and years ago, there was a dude, and I'm not going to name any names, but there was a dude who was accused of murdering this beautiful college girl named Kristen Smart. And she um, was just gorgeous, a beautiful woman, smart, bright. You could tell. You could just tell from the pictures and the way her family talks about her. But anyway, she went missing, um, and they started to believe that this guy had done it and that he had um, buried her in his backyard. And um, and there was all this controversy because he he ended up 
putting a, a concrete patio over the site and they couldn't get access to the yard and all this stuff for years and years. And then um, at one point, uh, allegedly, um, the body of her got moved from his house over to their house. Well, to make a long story short, um, and I say their house, I mean his parents' house. And so all this stuff is still uh, pending trial, so I don't want to go into a lot of detail, <clears throat> and I don't want to mention a lot of names, um, but basically, uh, we were, our Airbnb was literally a football's throw away from this guy's uh, parents' house, where allegedly her body was buried for many, many years, I guess. But um, there's a lattice work. It's a two-story house. And it looks like the psycho house from, from below. It's really, it's weird because no, no houses in the area look creepy, but this house looks creepy. And I've showed, I've showed some people some pictures, but um, <clears throat> I haven't posted a lot of pictures of it, but uh, I've showed people in private these pictures of the house and they agree. It looks spooky, but um, it's a two-story house. And in the backyard, you know, there's a, a, a two store, a deck on the second level. And then this big, great big lattice work that uh, is hiding the beams underneath. Well, anyways, allegedly that's where her body was said to have been buried. Uh, the father is said to have had some hand in helping his son. And so there's a big, big trial. So if you're interested in this story, uh, the podcast is called uh, Your Own Backyard and you can learn all about it, but it's this really spooky thing. And what was neat, you know, obviously it's sad and it's a sad story. Uh, it, it makes a lot of people in the area very upset because it's a very, very high profile case. But um, yeah, the uh, but seeing this house and knowing the backstory, we even walked up to it. We took a walk one night and we walked up to it and uh, <laughs> my wife flipped it off and all this is flipped it off and did pictures and all that. But uh, it, it was a really weird thing to experience. But because it was October, it was kind of like our October surprise because um, it, it kind of turned our vacation into a spooky vacation. And we're all about that. Um, and on that same walk, she was, she grew up in the, in this town and she says, Oh, and this, another house, the one story flat house, um, this, I, apparently my wife was saying that there, yeah, there was a kid here who uh, accidentally shot himself with a shotgun. And uh, so there was a, a grisly uh, suicide there. And so she, she took me on the, the five cent tour, if you will, the spooky tour. Um, but it was a lot of fun and it was really interesting to lit, to be just so close to this house. I mean, when we were taking showers, you could see out the window. Well, I don't know if my wife can, cause it was kind of tall, but um, I could see out the window and you could see this house from the shower and it was such an odd feeling, but um, <clears throat> it was, it was, it, it was interesting nonetheless. Let's just say that. But if you guys are interested, yeah, take a look. Um, the guy does great work. I forget his name, but uh, your own backyard podcast. It's everywhere. Just like my podcast, surviving empathy. But anyway, um, it really just kind of put a, uh, punctuation and exclamation point on the whole vacation because it was a very chill thing um we really went down there though the main reason we went down there was to see rebecca's parents we don't see them enough um her her dad uh, had, uh, had a, a heart problem last uh two years ago 
and uh, she had to go down there in an emergency, and he he had to quit drinking and all this, and um, they're doing really good. You know, he's been quit drinking for a couple of years, um, and now <clears throat> uh, we've been trying to get him up here to the Pacific Northwest forever, and so we finally feel uh, her her sister moved to Portland last year, and so we're feeling like we're finally breaking them down. They're getting tired of the tourism. They're getting tired of some of the petty crime in that area. And even though it's a beautiful place to live, um, they're, they've got this big piece of property with all this land and stuff, and they have to do all the work, chipping and shredding and dead trees and the works. And so they, you know, they spend so much time working on this house that they're just, they're getting, you know, they're in their, uh, Set early seventies now. And so they're tired. And so I think we finally have them convinced to move up to this area. So we're really, really excited about that because, uh, <clears throat> we absolutely adore her parents. They're the best people in the world. They're the kind of people that are kind of like naturalists. They're not hippies. Um, but they don't have internet. They don't keep up with the Joneses. Um, they're just very grounded to the real world. They don't spend a lot of time indoors. They do a lot of stuff outside and, uh, they're just the most like, um, down to earth, salt of the earth people you could ever meet. And so I'm so excited to see that they're going to come up here. Um, because yeah, it's getting scary. You know, we're, we're worrying about our parents getting older and such. And so to be near them is really quite a comfort to our soul. Um, so we had a nice time on vacation. It was good. We didn't do a lot. We had a lot of, we sampled a lot of food. We had, uh, the Mexican food. Uh, we went to this place called, uh, tacos de Acapulco and, uh, Oceano, which is this great, great, uh, you know, just quick, fast food, uh, type, uh, Mexican food, but they're delicious. They've been, they've won, uh, best in slow for years on end. Uh, and we had great barbecue. <clears throat> we had some really good Mediterranean food one night at Jabba Cafe. And then of course we went to in and out three times <laughs> and it was good too. <clears throat> so we had just had a really wonderful time, but it wasn't, it wasn't an exciting vacation. It was just a relaxing one. And I needed it too, because those flying there and back makes me nervous, boy. I just don't like it, but we had a great time. It was worth it. Uh, what else? I got that off the, the old check Mark. We got barbecue. We got parents house. We got the murder house. Uh, Halloween is off the list. I've told you about my computer. I'm, I'm going over the list. You guys, <clears throat> let me take a sip here. You guys, of course, I've got my iced coffee today. Happy Halloween. Happy belated Halloween. I hope you guys had fun. <clears throat> okay. So, um, I've got a few things here. I've told you about the podcast. Um, uh, now we're getting into the meat of the podcast. <clears throat> um, first I want to tell you about my plans and goals. Uh, the last couple of months really got me thinking about, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, really got me thinking about, uh, where I'm going with all this, you know, uh, because of the Delta variant and COVID, I haven't been able to get out to the comedy clubs yet. Uh, my friend is doing comedy in Kentucky Keith Burr, if you guys might have heard that podcast, he's doing comedy because Kentucky doesn't give a shit whether you wear masks or not. But around here, good luck in Portland finding a comedy club that's open right now. It's just not going to happen. And so 
uh, I'm still putting out a book <clears throat> and I'm still putting out a comedy album with my buddy and that eh, probably be here in the next year or so. Um, but it's really got me thinking about, you know, what I'm doing, you know, because the truth is, is that a podcaster podcasting, <clears throat> it's a really personally gratifying thing because you connect on a personal level in a way that you really can't with uh, YouTube or something like that. But at the same time, uh, getting paid for it, growing as a, as a public figure and all that is, is really slow going. And so I've really resigned myself, you guys, to just being normal. I don't care if I'm famous. I really don't care if I'm famous. I am here. Uh, I do want to grow. And I think I will, but it's just going to take time. And so you really just learn uh, to play the long game. You know, it could be 10 years, I told my wife. We were watching uh, YouTube last night, and we were looking at YouTube reviews of a certain horror movie uh, called Terrifier. And there were reviews from like three years ago where it only had maybe 37 hits or uh, maybe 500 downloads or, or views or whatever. And, uh, and I was telling my wife, something occurred to me. I said, you know, it could take 10 years for this stuff to blow up. Um, and, and so my criteria, when I see people with low numbers of views on YouTube is to go check them out because a lot of times they're putting out good work. It doesn't necessarily mean that they, they lack quality. And so <clears throat> my criteria is that if they're good quality and they're nice people and I like them and I connect to them on a personal level and they're still putting out content, then I support them. So please, you guys, support those smaller channels on YouTube because um, some of them are doing really good work. They're just not blowing up like the others. Maybe they're not as physically attractive as somebody else, or maybe they don't have the, the <clears throat> you know, the chops for comedy or something. But some of these people are really good people and, and nice and doing really great work. So please, please, please support your smaller channels, including myself. Um, I would say, <clears throat> you know, one of the guys that's going to be interviewing me, uh, he saw that I had hit 1500 downloads and that's not bad for <clears throat> a podcast, especially since I'm only four or five months old. Um, but he was like surprised, you know, cause he's got like 182 episodes out and I don't know how many views or downloads he's had, but I believe cause his, his show is very intellectual. It's very about very much about politics and it's very much about very specific things in politics. Um, things that you would really have to be a political junkie to enjoy and appreciate. And so I don't know how popular he is. I do know I have more followers than he has. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that to compare or to judge <clears throat> what I'm, the point I'm making is that I'm more niche than him. I'm into the paranormal. I'm into helping empaths. I'm here to give you advice about being an empath. I'm here to do research about the paranormal. And I'm here to really um, help people with their mental health and, and to uh, let them live a good, healthy, robust life despite having anxiety or despite having mental health problems. That's what it's all about. And so I really don't know how big he is in terms of his numbers, but I do have this sneaking suspicion based on the way he was responding to me. He's like, wow, you know, he seemed surprised. You know, I think he, I don't want to say jealous, but I think he was like, holy shit, man, this guy's growing. 
you know, and um, and so I really do believe there's a lot of potential for growth here, but it's going to take time and it's going to take you guys getting the word out. So please, please, please help people uh, know about what I'm all about and my values, help people understand what the channel is about or what the podcast is about rather. Um, but uh, uh, those are my plans and goals. Do more comedy. When the comedy clubs finally open up, I'm going to write a set. I have a set that I'm writing right now. I'm going to be going to perform. Uh, I'm going to be doing a comedy album with my friend, most likely. If not, I'll do it by myself. Um, but he is uh, told me he wants to do it with me, so that's perfect because uh, he's a really funny guy himself. He's even done stand-up himself. He's also a radio guy. He works uh, for a radio station down there in California. But anyways, uh, so yeah, and then I'm going to be writing a book. And uh, I might write a book about the culinary arts. I might write a, uh, uh, I might write a book about, um, uh, you know, nonfiction uh, about various things in my culinary experiences, kind of like Kitchen Confidential, but my version. Um, no, I I can't tell you about my heroin uh, addiction because I never did heroin, <laughs> but uh, but I have some stories nonetheless, and I will tell you guys all about that. Uh, so that's my plans and goals. So please look out for the book and the comedy album. Uh, I, I will tell you guys about all that on social media and here on the podcast. So you don't have to write anything down. So yeah, it's, 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 it's coming along, but I've had to teach myself. This is a long game, long ball thing. You know, I, I remember um, former president Obama once said, I'm a long ball guy. I'm looking for the long game, you know, I don't look for the details in the here and now. See, that's what Trump was. He was a, you know, <clears throat> every day was a new opportunity to bash his opponent and to say this and say that. He was always trying to make the headlines. That's he's a, a here and now kind of guy. Obama was one of those people that was like always 14 steps ahead of everybody. And so he was way, way, way into the future, looking into the future, taking certain steps to assure a certain outcome. And that's what I'm all about, because I am not going to sell myself short or sell myself out or um, thin myself out or, or, you know, I'm not going to change myself just to make you guys happy because I think you guys like me the way I am. And uh, <clears throat> while I can sound like a radio guy occasionally, for the most part, I try to keep this very, very natural because I want you guys to see that there's regular guys out there that aren't villains you know uh, males white males especially are especially um problematic in our culture right now given the political zeitgeist we're in and so i'm trying very hard to show you guys that you can be a white dude and be a very kind and gentle and thoughtful person and that's what it's all about so please look out for all that stuff um the work i'm going to be doing in the next months and years um, but it's a long ball game, you guys. I'm not looking for instant success. I'm looking to earn it. So let's see. What else? Um, uh, my growth as a podcaster, both emotionally and physically. Um, <clears throat> I really feel like I've grown as a person. You know, uh, this here is my therapy. I love it. And <clears throat> talking to people and interacting with you guys is one of the great joys of my life. Um, but I really feel like I've grown not only as a podcaster in terms of uh, learning how to be a better, uh, better at telling my stories, better at being myself, better at having 
and letting my real true self out, expressing yourself freely and openly. Um, that's the thing that I've had to learn to do, especially being a more uh, introverted person. You really have to learn how to um, find all that hardship and struggle inside of you and turn it into a positive thing and then relay that to people in a way that's maybe helpful or or positive or empowering for other people. And that's what it's all about. Um, so I really feel like I've grown as a person. I feel like I've grown technologically as a podcaster. I've my emotional uh, maturity and intelligence, my emotional intelligence is growing. Um, but yeah, um, I still struggle though. I wake up days where I'm having anxiety for no reason, or I start to worry about things, um, or I feel like t- I'm taking life too seriously. And, <clears throat> you know, it's just so easy to just lose your spark, you know, uh, especially if things aren't happening, especially if you're not earning money doing it. And so uh, I would just say, you guys, whatever you're doing, Try to understand the difference between things taking time and barking up the wrong tree, you know, because it's easy to, to think, oh, I'm just going to give up. This is nowhere. But if you just waited, you might find that you really are doing quite good. Uh, so don't sell yourself short. But at the same time, if you're doing something and it's just not happening and maybe you're not good at it or maybe you're just getting a bad vibe, listen to your senses, you know, Um I, I feel like this is for me, uh, it is working out because the numbers are growing, uh, uh, for the amount of time I've been around, I feel like I'm getting bigger. And I think the reason why I'm blowing up is because I'm very niche, uh, because I'm trying to help empaths and I'm about the paranormal, but also I believe it's because I'm so honest with you guys. It's all about honesty because there's so many people now who just sugarcoat life and they sugarcoat how they feel and they sugarcoat everything to the point where everybody has to be happy all the time. And that's not me, man. Occasionally you'll see me in a mood, do a podcast. And uh, that's what it's all about is keeping it real, but doing it in a way where uh, I can take those uh, negative emotions and turn it into something positive for you guys to learn. uh, So you can apply it to your own life. That's what this is all about. So anyways, my growth as a podcaster, I'm coming along. I really feel good about it. Although my voice is, 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 is blowing out because it's not used to talking. (laughs) So we'll work on that. We'll have to do some voice exercises or something. But, uh, anyways, uh, moving on. Um, yeah, I talked about being gracious, but let people come to you. So what that means is, is be a kind person, but don't, don't feel like you have to chase people. Don't feel like you have to go towards them. Um, That doesn't mean, you know, close yourself off to the world unless you need to energetically. You know, empaths have to close themselves off from time to time. But be gracious, be kind, choose your battles, you guys, because there's everything that pisses you off or upsets you or scares you or worries you is a battle. And every time you uh, get upset and emotionally involved and invested in something, you're making a decision. You're deciding to not uh, be happy. You're choosing to let something upset you. And so my biggest advice is be gracious, um, appreciate the small things in life. I know that sounds cliche, but appreciate the fact that you have a roof over your head. Appreciate the good food you're eating. Appreciate the exercise and the, and the, the, the endorphin rush that you get from that. Appreciate those people around you. If you're not around those uh, that you love the most, like the old cheesy 70s song, love the one you're with, <laughs> love the one you're with. Anyway, 
Yeah, but no, I mean, um, you guys, uh, life is hard for everybody, and and I'm here for you guys. I swear to you, if you if you texted me or messaged me uh, on social media and said, "Hey, man, I need thirty bucks," I'd send it to you because, darn it, I I care about people, and I don't. I know that can be a, a vulnerability. Um, I had a guy take advantage of me a couple months ago. He was a struggling artist on Instagram and he talked to me into doing some designs for me. He was going to do some channel art for me and I trusted him and he ripped me off <laughs> for $30. And um, <clears throat> that was the initial price. And then I was going to pay the other half after the work was done, but he ripped me off and you know, it was a scam and I, I knew going into it, it could have been a scam and I let myself do it anyway. So it's not like one of those things where I let myself, where I was being foolhardy. I knew I was being foolhardy going into it, but you know, I was trying as an empath to, uh, <clears throat> you know, be Mr. Rogers, be, be a good person about it and give people a chance. It was a, he was an African American guy and I just, maybe it's white guilt. I don't know, <laughs> but I felt like I want to help this guy. I want, I want to see this guy succeed. And uh, he pulled on my emotional uh, triggers. He made me feel for him. And I, I, I gave him a chance. And uh, he never gave me any work. Uh, he started coming up with all these um, <clears throat> excuses, like he needed 20 more dollars to get it off his computer and all that. And I was trying to say, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, it was a scam. It had to have been. But uh, he got $30 for me, and I hope he spent it well. So, fuck it. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> I could be upset about that, but it's $30. So what? Um, so, so be gracious, be kind to people, but don't chase people. Don't chase people. I mean, even, in, even the person that you love, even, you know, you might have a couple crushes, your bae, as they call it. <laughs> don't chase them. Let them know you're interested. You know, what's, what works so much better than game, what works so much better than, than, um, chasing people or being overly um, talkative or whatever, or being too animated um, is simply choosing your words wisely and telling people how you feel. You know, it goes a long way. If, if you're a shy girl and you like that boy, but he's just different than you and he intimidates you or whatever, um, <clears throat> you know, tell him, you know, I really think you're cute, but I'm worried about getting hurt and blah, 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 or whatever, you know, um, do it, take a chance. Um, but make sure, you know, that you're judging him, uh, wisely. Don't get yourself into a new boyfriend situation and find out that he's a bad egg, you know? <laughs> so of course, use your empath powers, use your sensibilities wisely to judge people uh, accordingly. And once you're convinced that somebody's a good person, you really want them in your life. Hey man, go for it, go for it, but be, be yourself. Don't think you have to change yourself for other people. Um, <clears throat> oftentimes here on the podcast, I feel like I have to change for people. Like I have to have a, a deeper voice or I have to be more happy or I have to be this or I have to be that. And no, man, just, you know, just be yourself, be yourself. I'm losing my voice. I'm not used to talking for an hour straight, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, um, I really missed doing this and I really missed the connections that I make with you guys. And I really miss um, just being able to come out and and talk about all my feelings and talk about my, all my problems like Friday. You know, we talked about all our problems, you know? um, but that's what this is about. And that's what you guys might need to do. Um, let me tell you a little advice I have about um, 
mental health. Every person's brain is a lock and every answer is a key and every key is different. So what works for one person may not work for another because we're all built differently. But there are some things that we can do to uh, find out how to um, unlock some of those locks, if you will, so we can open some doors rather than keep them closed. And, um, and the biggest one for me really is um, find your joy. Um, make your joy and your comforts and your happiness louder than your impending thoughts of doom than your worries, than your struggles, than your uh, sadness that you feel. And if you're feeling sadness and morose, maybe because your job is just getting to you and you're burning out, or maybe it's because you're sad because something happened to you and you have a trauma. Um, I'm not going to tell you that it's easy. I'm not going to tell you that it, you know, it, it, it comes easy. Um, I'm not going to tell you to just simply get over it. no, incorporated into who you are. My sadness, my grief, uh, the death of my grandma and my grandpa, the death of my, my girls, my cats, it never goes away. It never goes away. And I feel it every single day, but I've allowed it to make me a better person because I see and understand pain and struggle. We are not, no one's immune from that. And that's also what guides my views on people that maybe I don't like at first, or maybe I, you know, I stick it to the wealthy class and stuff because I'm a struggling person and I don't like the injustice and inequality of life. And so at the end of the day, maybe I stick it to the upper middle class or the wealthy and then I meet them and I go, you know, they're actually good people, you know, so try very hard. I know it's hard sometimes, but try hard to see past People's station in life, try to see past their finances. Um, the world is mighty unfair and we should, uh, <clears throat> you know, we should uh, be fighting for uh, the middle class uh, growth and, and fighting for uh, uh, opportunities for the working class. And we should be fighting against inequality and justice and all those things because there's a lot of systemic injustice and inequality out there. Um, so yes, fight, fight, fight. Yes, absolutely fight. But at the end of the day, don't lump everybody into your little hate can. You know, we all have these little cabinets, if you will, where this is where we put all our loves and this is where we put all of our hates and this is where we put, you know, we compartmentalize our brains in such a way where we start generalizing and we start saying, oh, all rich people are bad or all conservatives are bad, which isn't true, by the way. Um, or we say all people who liked Trump are stupid and things like that. That's not always the case. And so all I'm saying is that um, every day, you know, have an attitude of gratitude. Um, if you don't have it right away because you're mad or you're frustrated and you got to get shit off your chest, then do it. Yeah, do it. Um, <laughs> couples retreat. Uh, do it. Um, do it. You know, get those things off your chest, but do it in a way that's healthy. Don't repress those feelings. If you want to know why, like my, like the right wing and why they're all becoming criminal, antisocial sociopaths and whatnot, is because they repress and oppress their feelings. They don't get them off their chest and they believe in a lot of things that aren't true. And so when you're being led by a movement or a culture that's lying to you, that's 
not truthful or maybe uh, holds you to a too high of a standard of beauty or too high of a standard of perfection. Um, it can make you overcompensate. And when you overcompensate, you're not being your true self. And at the end of the day, um, that's not going to work. And so just humble yourself, keep your circle small. Uh, the people that you let into your life, make sure they're like you. That doesn't mean they should be just like you because I have friends that are conservative that are nothing like me. But what we have in common isn't our politics. Um, it's it's our sensibilities. If you know somebody's a good person um, and they uh, live to a certain code of ethics and goodness, um, don't close your, your mind to those people and don't judge every person uh, based on their politics or the way they look or uh, their race or, uh, you know, like, for example, um, you know, people, I, I talk about being an atheist. Um, you can be a good person without God. I'm sorry to tell you that. I hate to break the news, but um, uh, goodness comes from within. It doesn't come from an external God. It comes from from within. And I want to be a good Christian, but I simply cannot uh, support a, a religion where you start reading excerpts from the Bible that um, are antiquated. They're no good. It's not ethical. <laughs> and while you may be a Christian, and I, I, if you're a Christian, good for you. That's fine. Um, I have nothing against people going to church and getting community and getting love and faith out of that. Um, but when you uh, decide that you're going to be a Christian, you don't get to just pick and choose what's in that Bible. You don't get to just pick and choose. And so maybe you're a Christian in the general sense, but you have to be okay with sexism. You have to be okay with homophobia and you have to be okay with being, um, assuming that, that babies are born into sin. And I just don't buy all that. And so maybe you're a religious person and you get something good and positive out of that, that's fine. And that's my point is that I don't judge you. I still love you, but don't judge me for being an atheist. The default position in our society should not be that of ancient uh, superstitions and, and, and old timey religions. We should, the default position in our society should be that of secular humanism, secular meaning non-religious Humanism, meaning a code of ethics or honor uh, towards the betterment of society, towards the betterment of people. And when you do that, <clears throat> you can borrow from all the good stuff in Christianity without being bogged down by the toxic parts. And so I'm not judging you if you're religious. You know, Joe Biden is a Catholic. Good for him. That's fine. I just, at the end of the day, don't believe that uh, religion is uh, living up to the morals and ethics that it espouses. There's a lot of uh, hypocrite, hypocrites in that, and there's a lot of uh, hypocritical um, thinking, and there's a lot of script in there that is anti-science, uh, anti-humanitarian, uh, downright mean and rude. And so when they talk about in one breath that God is the is is you know a symbol of all that's good and loving and he loves you and blah, blah, blah. And then they tell you about how he judges you and he he can cast you to hell and all these things. It's like, uh, which one is it? So there are a lot of, uh, a lot of double speak in the Bible. Uh, that being said, I love everybody of every race, creed and gender and religion and sexuality. Uh, 
conservatives and conservatism. There's nothing wrong with being more physically conservative. There's nothing wrong with uh, any of that, except I don't want you guys consuming that garbage you're you're consuming every day. You know, you know that's like uh, it's it's comfort food for uh, conservatives. That Fox News and OAN and Newsmax. That's a bunch of garbage, and they're lying to you a lot of the time. And uh, they're trying to get you all riled up so they can get wealthy off of you and so that they win elections. And that's all it's about. It's not about the truth and it's not about honor. And so if you're a conservative with honor, really, fact check, man, fact check. They are not always uh, on the up and up with you. And that's all I'll say about that. But um, uh, let me go over my list one more time. We're just about out of time here. Um, um, Okay, so... Be kind, but be real, which means be tough. Um, What I mean by that is be kind, but don't be so kind that you sugarcoat everything. Be real. I know that we're allergic in our society to negativity and negative people and things, but understand the difference between hate and anger. A lot of times angry people are justified, whereas hateful people aren't. So uh, try to understand that people are frustrated and they got to get things off their chest and try to understand uh, to be to be real sometimes means that you have to tackle subjects that aren't always so positive. And so don't shoot the messenger if somebody's trying to be real with you. Be real. Quit. We've got enough fakers in this world. We don't need more plastic people. We don't need more Kardashians. We don't need all that upper middle, upper wealth uh, fakeness. That, you know, if you got money, fine, but be real no matter what your fi- financial uh, circumstances are. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, and then, uh, what, what do I got here? Oh, loneliness versus being alone. Um, you know, there's a difference between, you know, cause I get lonely here in my bedroom. I get lonely when uh, people on my Facebook page don't respond. I get, you know, I don't have a ton of friends up here, but I've got a few. Um, it's easy to feel lonely sometimes, but then I got to thinking about them like, You know, I remember a time where people just constantly were calling me, constantly texting me, constantly having to go out every night. Um, It was exhausting, especially as a as an empath, especially as an introvert. And so um, I've learned to use my time more wisely. And if I'm feeling lonely, reach out to people like yesterday. I called my good friend, Craig, uh, and I live vicariously through his kids uh, at Halloween and Christmas because he's got kids. And so. I talked about what they're uh, dressing up for for Halloween and one of uh, his kids, Sahara, was there. And so she put on her unicorn uh, uh, costume for me and it was it's adorable and it's great. Uh, So I I live vicariously because we don't have kids, but but we do have cats and we are uh, you would think we would be the kid type because we are so, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but, you know, we're, we're clean and good people. And so, yes, we should have had kids, but we didn't. And. Thankfully, we didn't because our finances, you know, I, I want to give our kids the best life possible. And I don't think I could do it in, in these circumstances. But but um, being alone isn't always a bad thing. It, it gives you a chance to figure things out. Being alone gives you a chance to uh, center, center. You know, I was telling a guy, the guy uh, that I'm going to be doing the podcast with, he's like, I just worked nine hours. I've, I, I'm, I've talked to the point I'm hoarse. And I said, well, just get back to me when you're centered. You know, uh, don't worry about me. You know, um, it's so easy to feel like we owe a bunch of people things. Oh, I told you I'd do this. I told you that, you know, manage your time wisely and just be very upfront with people and say, Hey, 
I'm going to get to you, but um, I need a center first. Because you guys, if you go out there into the world and it's spreading you too thin, maybe you've just spent too much time uh, out there uh, talking and being social. You haven't spent enough time alone. You haven't been taking care of yourself. Um, uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself. So realize that uh, there's a way to do both wisely, or you don't have to spread yourself too thin and you don't also don't have to um, feel lonely doing it, you know, because sometimes I get lonely and then I, I decide to reach out to people and it always helps. So uh, a couple more things. Uh, life is always bittersweet. That's what I have written here. Life is always bittersweet. What that means is that life, you know, we get into these moods where it's like super happy and forever stoked. And then somebody comes along that's in a bad mood or somebody comes along that's feeling a little too narcissistic for your taste. And they're just talking about me, 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 or whatever, you know, things happen in life that somebody just pushes your buttons and starts to feel dark, feel weird, feel yucky. Um, the point is, is that life is always bittersweet. So get used to bittersweet, you know? Um, and what I, how do you do that in the practical application? Right. <clears throat> Let me take a sip here. Got to have some coffee. Got to keep it going. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's that chocolate chip cocoa uh, flavor. Ooh, yummy. Anyway, uh, life is bittersweet. And so, you know, get used to a little bit of bitterness in your sweet. You know, um, you know, adults prefer dark, bittersweet chocolate to milk chocolate. And kids prefer, you know, milk chocolate, right? And there's a reason for that. Because kids like sweet. Um, the, 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 the taste of bitter for kids is like, gross, you know, but as we grow older, we become, our palates become more sophisticated and that's true of our taste buds, but it's also true of our thinking. <clears throat> so find a way to upgrade your thinking where you realize there's darkness, you realize there's struggle, you realize there's hurt and pain in the world, but you find a way to, um, not avoid it necessarily. I mean, if you have to, sometimes you've got to push certain thoughts out of your head, but there are ways to see things uh, in a nuanced fashion where you, you can um, rise above the darkness of the subject matter to arrive at a place of acceptance. And um, <clears throat> I hope that's not too general for you. I hope I didn't, uh, I know that's like kind of like, well, how do I do that, Brian? Well, Sometimes it's different for each person. It depends on what you're going through. Everybody is going through their own struggles in varying degrees. And so if you're going through a really, really, really bad, dark struggle and you're starting to get seriously dark, uh, reach out to professionals, reach out to somebody that you love, reach out to uh, find things that you love and kindness and goodness, reach out to the light. When you're in a dark place, reach out to the light. <clears throat> and, and if you're only in mildly in a dark place, you know, put on a comedy, you know, put on, you know, something that makes you feel uh, empowered. You know, my wife likes to watch Bailey Sarian. She does the Murder Makeup Mystery Mondays. Uh, and it's funny, but it's also a little macabre. And so we like that, you know, and it puts her in a good mood because this woman is um, she's blowing up, man. She's getting huge. I mean, she's even got a thing going on Netflix. She's a big time YouTuber. She gets millions of views and I'm jealous as hell. <laughs> But um, she's great. And um, and and so um, don't be jealous of people. Don't be petty. Uh, think the right thoughts. You know 
right from wrong. Your brain will always tell you what's wrong. So when you're having thoughts that, that are destructive towards people of another race or religion or another uh, type of group, uh, ask yourself what, why do I have these thoughts and how do I, how do I fix that? You know? Um, but life is bittersweet, you guys. And, and that means, um, interspersing the darkness with the sweet. That's all I can say, man. You know, uh, every time I celebrate a Halloween, every time I celebrate a Christmas, um, every time I celebrate anything in life, anytime I'm happy, I'm always having to deal with intrusive thoughts and worries and concerns. Um, they don't ever go away. So we have to learn to somehow incorporate them. Uh, I use comedy and humor as a sort of, uh, you know, kind of a, a shield, if you will, I deflect with comedy. Um, but I, but not in a way where I'm, uh, not processing my feelings. I just like to use humor as a way to, um, break the ice and help people feel better, you know, cause, um, life is dark and life can be hard. And a lot of times you're, you're in a good mood and then you go out there on Facebook or you go out there on social media or you go out there in real life and people are so uptight and weird and, ugh, you know, so if you, if you can, Avoid it. If you can't, um, find ways to enjoy people uh, out there in the world. For, ex for example, my wife, you know, she she went to Wink. She works uh, at the grocery store <clears throat> and uh, she, you know, she enjoys uh, dressing up for Halloween. And so she dressed up and I'm sure she deals with all kinds of mean people. But um, she has a nice group of people there, a bunch of ladies who are so good to her that see her inner light and they have a support system for each other. So please, if you don't have a support system, find one. Um, I don't have a great big support system. I have to be kind of my own. And I think that's just because the difference between males and females is that females look out for each other. Whereas males are like, eh, what? you know, but uh, you know, that is, it is the way it is where uh, human beings, you know, women are naturally more supportive of each other. And that's great. I don't believe that uh, men are necessarily against each other. Um, sometimes we're just more quiet and subdued and we don't reach out. And so, um, but if you need people in your life, reach out to good people. You'll, you'll find uh, there's groups and communities out there. You could find a, an atheist community. You could find a, a religious community. So long as it's not going too far into weird territory, and so long, and any kind of group or community that helps you express yourself and helps you get your feelings off your chest. Um, everybody needs, um, I, I call it, uh, uh, everybody needs that catharsis. Everybody needs to get things off their chest. Sometimes for like, for me, that's daily. That's why I can talk so long because I need to get those things off my chest. Um, but for you, it might be, you know, you bottle things up once in a while and then they come to a head a month later, two months later, three, six months later, whatever, uh, make sure you're processing those feelings as you go. Just like my wife and I, we always say um, process our um, anger, process our, because every once in a while you bottle those things up and, um, and then we blow up on each other. And so as it's happening, make sure that you are processing your feelings in real time because it's so easy to let those things build up and then they explode, and then that person thinks you're <clears throat> something you're not. And so being emotionally honest, being emotionally intelligent is is where it's at. So that's what I got to say about life is always bittersweet, and that's okay. Uh, what's to come? What's to come? So here's the final topic for today. What's to come? 
uh, you guys, a lot more is to come. <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks, Brian. That was really good. No, but there's going to be a ton of stuff. I'm going to be talking more about the, the paranormal. I have more theories. I have more things I want to do. Uh, there's people I'm trying to reach out right now that I want to interview. Uh, one being the guy <clears throat> from that, uh, documentary and Eugene, I have yet to find him. I, I've tried calling. I can't seem to get through. But I'll continue the search to find him. Uh, but there's going to be a lot more paranormal stuff. There's going to be a lot more uh, talk about empaths and energy. I want to talk more about the dynamics of energy because um, <clears throat> I was watching a debate yesterday uh, or day before yesterday about uh, whether or not ghosts are real. And, and they always have like it's a neutral platform, but then they always have a for and against and so there was a skeptic on there and there was a ghost hunter on the other side. And so they were trying to convince people if ghosts are real, you know, um, and some of his arguments were really like, whoa, that was bad. But sometimes they were getting pretty good. And he, he was dead on when he talked about uh, the, the nature of energy, because so many people don't quite understand the science of energy. Uh, energy comes in a lot of forms. Uh, and the, the definition of energy is the ability to do work. And so that can mean a million things. Um, magnets is stored energy. Magnetism is potential energy. Um, the food that you eat converts into bio energy, biomechanic chemical energy. Um, and then when you move, that's kinetic energy. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with all this? So energy comes in a lot of forms and we don't yet understand, uh, psychokinetic energy, PK energy, whether that be from ghosts or, um, you know, like the movie Carrie, where she could move things with her mind or like Jedi, you know, um, we don't quite, uh, understand all that. And <clears throat> we do have to learn to separate the nonsense from the real. Um, and that's what a skeptical community is all about. That's what the skeptical community is all about is, is being able to, um, be grounded in the real world. Um, some people find that boring, you know, they're a little too dull for their taste. You know, people like the flight of fancy of believing in fantastical things. And why would you want to live in a world that none of that stuff exists, right? Well, I keep my feet in both worlds where I try to be skeptical of everything, but I also try to imagine the possibilities of things that are, that sound fantastical um, because, and what really allows me to understand ghosts and being an empath is energy. Energy is intention. When you have a certain energy, um, you are resonating at a certain frequency and other people can feel that. And the more you uh, push that out into the universe, the more people sense that in you. And uh, you would be surprised how all that energy can be used to get everything you want in the world. And I'm writing a book about it, uh, but uh, I'll say no more. But um, energy is intention, you guys, and energy is fan, uh, really interesting because a lot of, you know, there was a super chat questions afterward and people are like, no, that's not how energy works and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, is that we there's a, a lot we don't understand about energy. Energy comes in waves. Energy uh, comes in vibration. Our atoms vibrate. Um, uh, energy comes in photons or light. Um, so there is many, 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 many forms that energy can take on. Uh, so don't discount what energy can do uh, because energy cannot be destroyed. It can only change forms. It can only dissipate. So uh, when you're thinking about the paranormal, 
when you're thinking about being an empath, when you're thinking about physics, understand, try to under, get yourself in the mindset of how energy works. Think of picture energy as um, vibrations, as isotopes, as positively uh, charged ions, things like that. Um, you would be surprised what you can figure out on your own just from having a rudimentary understanding of physics. Um, I don't have all the answers and I am definitely not an expert and I'm sure there's some scientist or physics major out there, you know, rolling his eyes at me right now. But I assure you guys that, that, that energy is intention, especially when you're talking about people, um, energy is intention. And so use your energy wisely. Don't, you know, as they say, blow your wad on one person. Don't put all your eggs in one basket Use your energy. You know you have to be up for 12, 16 more hours. You know, pace yourself, man. You know, it's like at jobs when you put too much of yourself into every moment and you're you're just super excited to be alive or maybe you're just super nervous or anxious or whatever. Um, we put all this energy into every, um, every person, every event, every uh, interaction. And as a result, we poop ourselves out and then we end up uh, fatiguing ourselves and that fatigue can manifest as anxiety and all kinds of disorders. And so all I'm saying is, <clears throat> uh, you know, use your time wisely, use your energy wisely and pace yourself and try to understand when you're thinking and talking about the paranormal or being an empath and things like that, under, try to understand what, what energy is. I mean, like when you microwave a burrito, the, um, the water molecules are vibrating to heat up that burrito you know, um, that is energy. Microwaves are energy. Gamma rays are energy. X-rays are energy. Um, <clears throat> radioactive isotopes is uh, leftover energy. So energy comes in many, many forms, and um, it doesn't necessarily have to mean one thing. And so uh, physicists and scientists are trying to figure out <clears throat> uh, the dynamics of energy through like dark energy and dark matter and things like that. And what holds this universe together? It's fascinating. So anyways, um, but for the purposes of being an empath, remember that uh, energy is intention. When your intention is to hurt, people will sense that. It's like when you get a bad vibe from people that just aren't right, you know, or maybe their um, mental faculties are frustrated or angry or confused. Uh, you can sense when people are off their meds and um, and then you can sense the difference between people who are literally dangerous uh, narcissists and sociopaths from those who are good people who are just struggling with mental health problems. There's a difference. And so all I would say and all I would leave you guys with at the end here is um, try not to judge people and compartmentalize everybody as just good or bad. Um, there's gray areas there, but if people aren't good for you, you don't need to bring that shit into your life. Um, being a sensitive person, um, generally means that we're more sensitive. We're more kind. We're more loving. We're more gentle. Uh, usually we're more thoughtful. Usually we're more, um, peaceful, but that doesn't mean that I don't get uh, mad at the neighbor guy for parking in my space all the time, intentionally trying to piss me off. That doesn't mean that I don't say fuck him and go on a angry rant <laughs> just to get it off my chest. You know, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't put yourself in a box. You are allowed to be human. You are allowed to express yourself. Um, but when you're in the public eye, when there's people around you, perhaps, you know, get yourself uh, contained and um, learn 
uh, ahead of time how to behave and how to process in public. There's a difference between getting angry behind closed doors and getting angry at your boss <laughs> or a customer or somebody. So just understand that, um, you know, we're all dealing with struggle and some people deal with struggle by being assholes. Very, very, very aggressive, energetically uh, monstrous assholes. And that's how they get through life is they barrel through everybody, right? And you as a sensitive person are like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? You know, um, that's what happens sometimes. That's where people like to go. Maybe they're a sociopath or maybe they found out through it working that they could roll and bar barrel roll and steamroll everybody. And so it's a learned behavior where maybe they learn to be assholes. Maybe they're not naturally mean people, but maybe they learn that meanness or bitchiness helps them get what they want or helps um, them not have to process their emotions that, that are too deep and dark and heavy for them. And so they've learned to be jerks to sort of um, deflect and create a force field around themselves of, of, of having to deal with those deep uh, insecurities or grief or fear or loss or whatever. <clears throat> so that's what I got for today, guys. What do you think? Huh? We're back. We're back. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I want to thank you guys um, for not forgetting about me. Uh, I feel like uh, there's a number of you who uh, are really, really great and on every day making sure that you got my back. And then there's some of you who are still on the fence, don't quite understand who I am and what this is all about. And that's okay. Um, but I assure you, I am here for everybody's best interest, including myself. I am here. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm, a, I'm an open book, you guys. I do not try to sugarcoat shit. Um, I am here to be uh, just an example of, of, of being a good person, but not being uh, fake or phony. Um, you know, life is a trip, man, and everybody's different. But um, that doesn't mean everybody's a bad person. Just, you know, we're all different. We all process things differently. And so if you're struggling, um, you got to get to the root of what's causing your pain and grief. Identify it. Once you identify it, then you can start the process of uh, <clears throat> ruling out what to do and what not to do and how to process that grief. Like I said, that key, every key is different to every lock. And so, um, and that lock and key can change depending on you too. So, uh, you could, you could solve all your problems in a couple sessions of talk therapy with somebody and then your problems change because you change. So just remember that life is fluid like that. You may process something and feel better. For example, um, me and my friend, you know, we're on the rock sometimes and then we make back up and then a couple weeks or months or years go by and he's got a problem with me again, the same fucking thing. And I thought we tackled this um, because he didn't quite get through all that. Some things we just can't get over and maybe we should. Um, and then other things we um, can't get over and we shouldn't because we should deal with that because maybe we were fucked over. Maybe some uh, great uh, injustice uh, did happen to us and we can't get over it. So um, every problem is different. And um, that's just how the, the, the cookie crumbles, you guys. But uh, I will be here uh, one more time for you guys. Uh, I, I love you. I'm here for you. It's so good to be back. I'm so glad to be here uh, talking with you guys. And if you need me, you can always find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Chef Fry Comedy or just search 
Surviving Empathy podcast. Uh, we'll have another episode for you guys. Uh, happy Halloween. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, we had a great time on vacation. Uh, I'm finally getting my computer back. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite a weird and interesting couple of months, but it's been good. So I love you guys, man. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you again on Surviving Empathy. See you soon. Love you.